Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to tell you and walk you through why you should not put all of your money for your retirement in a 401k. Everyone's favorite topic. Everyone's favorite topic. And I think there's a lot of misunderstandings around how the 401k actually works from a taxation standpoint. So we're going to dive deep into that today. Before we do, Alex, why don't we talk about what we're drinking today? Yeah. So today we are drinking uh, Landwink, which is an IPA from a local brewery here in Woodenville called Triple Horn Brewery. Uh, it is a 6.6% uh, alcohol and uh, 58 IBU, 58 IBUs. Pardon me. Actually, my wife and I went to the brewery on Saturday, and it's a very interesting brewery in the fact that there was quite a few pets. They even have like a disclaimer on their website around like, you're going to a brewery where there's going to be pets. If you don't like pets, don't come like type of, it didn't say it like that, but it, they're just essentially warning you like, Hey, there's going to be pets. And there was this one dog. I don't know if it was the owner's dog, but it was the coolest looking dog I've seen in a while. And the dog would literally come up, put a Frisbee in your lap to force you to play with it. Right. And Diane's like afraid of dogs. So it like really like she had a hard time. Like eventually she, she loved the dog, but at first Diane doesn't get along well with, um, with dogs. But uh, I guess that's besides the point. The beer itself um, is, is rather tasty. I, I enjoy it. And uh, the brewery itself um, was a fun environment uh, to be at. So yeah, Triple Horn's a great place to go. Very friendly, open environment. Um, I, I've, I know which dog you're talking about. I'm not sure if it's the owner's dog or if it's just, uh, you know, somebody who works there on a regular basis. But uh, we highly suggest you go check it out. So let's get into the topic at hand here today. So 401ks, right? This is the media. They write about it. A lot of people in our industry will write about it. And what I mean by write about it, I would say, it's not all of them, but the way it can come across is your first dollar to your last dollar should go into your 401k retirement plan. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how often the first piece of advice, first piece of financial advice that's given to a, a someone who recently graduated or got their first job is make sure you take advantage of your 401k. And, you know... High level, I'm sure many of our listeners are probably sitting here thinking, well, yeah, because I'm, re- I'm planning for my retirement, right? I'm looking long-term. And we're not saying that you shouldn't look long-term. So please don't take this as a conversation around like we're not telling you that you should think long-term. What we are suggesting is it may or may not be where you put your first dollar, especially if you don't have, say, a savings account set up. If your income isn't protected, if you don't have an emergency reserve, uh, you don't necessarily want to tie money up in a place that you're not going to be able to really access it for you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. What we are saying, and this is really the point of today's conversation is, have you thought about how that money will be taxed when you do retire? That is what's not spoken about. Correct. Right? So we're going to talk about that. And so, you know, I, I know we just said, don't put all of your money in a 401k. We, we genuinely mean that. We're not saying to not put any money in a 401k. So let me just put like the, the caveat, the disclaimer, the it depends comment from Alex Collins, right? <laughs> it, 
we're just saying not to put all of your money in a 401k. And the reason being is from a taxation standpoint. I mean, that, when that's you put, one of the reasons, right? Well, fair. That's a big reason though. Right. Absolutely. When you, when you put that dollar in the 401k and we're talking about the traditional tax deferred 401k in the, in this example, you get a tax deduction this year. So essentially that dollar you put into that account, you'll have that dollar will not be taxed. When you pull that dollar out, it then will become taxed at the tax bracket that you're at when you pull the dollar out. Mandated by the IRS, mandated by you know law, right? And there's really two massively distinct things that we need to talk about in order to fully understand that trade-off that we're giving. First is what is our current income and the current tax environment? Right now, as much as we may not feel like this is the case, we are in a very tax-friendly environment. Now, it's possible that's going to change here over the next couple of years, but right now, we're in some of the lowest tax brackets that we've ever seen, some of the most favorable taxation of income that we've ever seen. And if you're just getting started, is your income on the low end? or on the high end of where you expect your income to be over your career? Well, before we even go there, Alex, you just brought up, right? Tax, we're in favorable tax environment right now. Most people have a short, short memory when it comes to, especially when on taxes, right? I have a short memory too, to be fair. Sure. You and I are just in this world. So we actually know what taxes used to be. If you go back and look at what taxes used to be in the 70s, in the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, what you'd probably be shocked to find out, and I forget the exact year, there were two years where the highest marginal tax bracket was 94%. Yeah. It was uh, in, during, the, uh, during World War II, essentially. I want to say it was like... Uh, 44 and 45 or, or somewhere right in that neighborhood anyway. Something like that. Yeah. So stop and think about that for a second. What that means is at some point, if you were in that high tax bracket, these are like the Elvis Presley's of the world during that time, right? Elvis Presley, Ronald Reagan, right? Making good money. At some point, every dollar you made, you only got to keep six cents. Ouch. Fast forward to the 70s, and it was still a higher tax bracket. Like, I want to say at that point, it was in the, I mean, the tax brackets were in the 50% range, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And this is what's often forgot. And then they came plummeting down, right? In the 80s, when Ronald Reagan was president, he was, they came plummeting down. Now, he didn't magically, like, snap his fingers and say, boom tax brackets brought down because the government still had to get their money or the IRS had to get their money. But there was a certain demographic of people that were going to work that weren't going to work in, in those type of numbers prior. And that demographic was females. All of a sudden you had dual household incomes 
started to become more and more prevalent, which allowed the IRS to tax two people in a household rather than one. This helped him bring down the tax bracket. There was other pieces there. I I realized that. But there was, this helped him do that. And then taxes have been relatively low since then. Now, fast forward to where we're at today, where do we think taxes are going given everything that's going on in this world right now? We've asked this question of CPAs, of attorneys, of clients, and with one or two exceptions, and those were very unique to their circumstances, the answer was, and it was specific to their circumstances, not necessarily uh, the the country as a whole, the answer was they're going to go higher. So if they're going to go higher, and by the way, this isn't like us guaranteeing they're going to go higher. Like we don't know. Correct. But if they go higher to Alex's point that he started to bring up in terms of where you're at in your career and the, and, and what, what's going on in the environment, if they're going to go higher, would you want to defer the tax? No. Math says no. <laughs> Right. Now, the myth out there is, well, I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. And we're not saying that that can't happen. It just doesn't happen very often. Correct. And your income will be lower. This is, I think this is what they meant to say. Maybe. That's fair. Well, if you, if you, took a straight, if you're making hundred K a year and you're saving 20 grand, that means your lifestyle taxes is 80 grand, right? So if you take out the 20 K for savings, you no longer have to save money. You technically need less money to live at that point, depending on, right. It depends on, on a bunch of situations, but in that simplistic viewpoint, you might right, need but, less. But Ryan, two things occur. One, people say, hey, I want to now travel because I've got extra time. And two, every day becomes Saturday. So maybe. Right. But I, I think this is where it all stems from is what, what I'm getting at here. Sure. Right. This is what's being told out there and thought of. And to your point, if whenever day is Saturday, I don't know about you. Well, I do know you. <laughs> our money gets spent on the weekends because absolutely we're working during the week. It absolutely does. The other component is like you oftentimes start losing some of your tax deductions, whether that's exactly uh, no, no longer being able to claim your kids, no longer having a mortgage that you get to deduct the interest. I don't know about college. you, Alex. I don't think you want to claim Sienna when you're 65 years old as a dependent. It knew. <laughs> <clears throat> Right. Life, I don't want life to will have gone wrong terribly wrong if that's the case. Agreed. Right. You don't, if in the traditional sense, you don't have a mortgage. Right. Like, think of all of the different things that you get to deduct in your taxes today that you won't get then if you want to go ultra stereotype here. Sure. So now let's think about all of the money you put into that 401k. You defer the tax, and every dollar you take out, you have to pay ordinary income tax on. Correct. Not no, only ca- not only the dollars that you deferred, but also the growth on those dollars. You gave up your control 
of your taxation when you retire is, is essentially what occurs. And I know this sounds like we're, we are, we are beating up on the 401k only from the myths that are out there. Right. I can hear some people even saying, oh, well, I'm just not going to take money out of my 401k. And the federal government solved that too, by mandating that you have to take required minimum distributions. And if you don't, the tax is even worse than the current income tax. And to take that one step further, uh, your social security can be taxed. Yes. Up to 85% of your social security amount becomes taxable depending upon how much income you have. And for those of you who are lucky enough or maybe already retired, if you have a pension, you're noticing that that is also taxable. So don't put all of your money in a 401k. The reason we state that is you're essentially giving up your right to control your taxes. And to some level, if you do really, really well in life financially, that means you're going to pay more taxes later on. Yeah. And again, when we start taking a look at someone who's early in their career, which is where we started with this, you're on the low end of your earning potential. And so over time, your income is going to grow and you're likely going to climb up the, the income charts, even adjusted for inflation. And so uh, as a result, you're likely going to be paying more the closer and closer you get to retirement. And so that is typically when making contributions to a tax deductible 401k make more sense. Um, And now, Ryan, let's transition to the flip side of traditional 401k and talk about Roth. Yeah. So the Roth is, it's after tax money, you get the tax deferred growth with tax-free withdrawal after age 59 and a half. So that sounds awesome. Right, and Absolutely. it it is awesome in the standpoint that that money would be tax free. That's the key benefit with that. What are the concerns with that, though, Alex? Again, we still have that same same issue with dollars being locked up between now and age fifty nine and a half or sixty five or retirement depending upon what type of structure you're putting the dollars into Roth IRA versus Roth 401k and whatever the the specifics of your plan call for. But again, we don't necessarily want to have every single dollar in Roth because then we'll have missed out on some of those deductions and we're going to miss out on liquidity as we go along through life. And the only thing that we truly know about the future is it's uncertain and it's going to change. And therefore having liquidity is essential. Yeah. Well, I mean, in its simplest form, well, I'll say it this way. Contrary to popular American belief, you can actually retire without a single penny in a 401k Roth or traditional. It is possible. Now we're not suggesting by the way you do that. But we're just letting you know, just in case you like never thought of this, that (laughs) you can retire without a single penny in a qualified account. It doesn't have to be a retirement planning account. I mean, the, the pro to the 401k, if you will, is it comes directly out of your paycheck. So most people, the reason they have this money is they never got it to begin with. Yeah, it was systematic. It was easy. It might've even been 
mandated by their company. You can always opt out of it, but like if the default of the plan is to, you know, set up a automatic contribution to your plan for a lot of Americans, that's really not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the, the key is making sure that you, it's an intentional decision. Um, and we, we want there to be some intentionality around saving, which is one of the reasons why uh, the default is oftentimes to have some amount of saving occurring. We want you to be able to save. We want it to be systematic because to, to Alex's point, you don't have to think about it. But we want you to also think with the end in mind. We want you to consider, okay, when I retire and I start to pull money from these accounts or whatever version of retirement are, because I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, I'm going to work in retirement and that's great. Maybe you never touched the money. Sure. But that means your beneficiary just inherited a bunch of tax deferred money. So it becomes their problem in, t- in taxation. Maybe you're fine with that. And if that's the case, fine. Yeah, I, I'm not of the opinion I want to set my kids up with the big tax bomb, but that, that's my personal opinion, right? Yeah. I mean, and there's ways to deal with that. But at the same time, like, why create a problem if you don't have to? Yep. So thinking with the end in mind, considering taxation, not right now. Well, you should consider it today, but also consider if if that money is for your retirement, you should you should be considering how that money will be taxed. Well, and so, so many times we hear people think about it from a standpoint of, oh, well, I want the tax deduction today because that affects me today without thought as to how will it affect things down the road? What is What are the ramifications of the decisions that I'm making today? And shockingly, we're going to bring this back around to financial balance, where it's good to have some amount of dollars inside of traditional 401k, some amount of dollars inside of Roth, whether that's IRA or 401k, and then some amount of dollars that are outside of that those structures where we have more choice and more flexibility around what the taxation is, when you can access it and how you can access it. So Alex brought up a financial balance and I'm actually, we're running the numbers here live because I'm not just curious because when, when we are, I just actually had this conversation with someone that's, that's in there, I think they're mid thirties and they had already had a roughly, you know, a little shy of $300,000 of, of investments already in a traditional 401k. And they said, okay, Ryan, well, from a financial balance standpoint, how much should I put into Roth versus the traditional, right? So they're thinking from, from a taxation standpoint, deferred or tax-free. And so what they, so I started, we started, we ran the numbers live. And, and so I'm going to run the numbers live here in a, a traditional sense, just to see what happens here, Alex. We've got $250,000 of, of a foreign K. That's how much money's in the foreign K. And let's just say the person gets a match of 4% and they make hundred grand a year. So that's $4,000 to keep our math simple. So if they get 6% growth rate on that money, then with the 200, what that will essentially equate to is a little bit over $1.7 million. To be exact, it's $1,771,000. And eighty dollars for you analytics out there. Thank you, Alex Collins. You're welcome, Ryan Burklow. So let's just say this person was contributing ten thousand dollars, 
right, into the traditional 401k and they decided to make that Roth, right? We take this out and we take it out to 20, 20 years, I'm sorry, 30 years. Same exact rate of return because literally it's going to be in the same investments. So now their Roth is at $838,000. So think about that for a second. Because of the match that you get with your employer and the funds that you've already contributed, when you compound that over a 30-year time horizon, that equates to 1.7. If they put the full $10,000 that they were putting into the traditional 401k and put it into the Roth, that equates to 838. So even, when, even if you stopped what you're doing right now, and put everything in a Roth from, if you want to go like true balance, like 50, 50 type of, of balance sheet here, you won't get there. Well, and the, the other thing that we need to think about and, and look at is we may actually be contributing backwards in this scenario. We've taken the deduction yeah. early when our income is low and we'll be putting it aside income tax free later on when our income is going to be higher. So this is almost exactly backwards of, of what would be recommended from, from just purely a mathematical standpoint. And you're never going to catch up. Like Ryan, go back to that for just a quick second. Let's say that they completely maxed it out and let's just plug it in at $20,000, like, which is even more than the max right now for somebody under age 50 you're still not going to get all the way back up to 1.7. It'll get close, but you're, you can't catch up. So what's the point? What's the point of, of, of us going through all these different examples here? The point is, is we want you to think with the end in mind. We want you to consider, okay, how will that money be taxed? Traditional 401k is taxed at ordinary income rates. You give up the right to, to really control how that money will be taxed, right? So we're not saying that everyone should go to Roth. We're not saying that you should never put another dollar in a 401k. What we are saying is not all of your money should be that way because we don't know what taxes are going to do in the future. Which leads us to what we're going to talk about in our next episode. So if we don't put all of our money into retirement type plans, that qualified plans, and we put it in another style of account, how will that money be taxed? More specifically, when we pull it out, what's the strategy to keep our tax burden as minimal as possible? And what are the strategies? And when do we have to choose which strategy we're going to use? So we hope this episode was valuable for you. As always, we want you to check us out at bearmoney.net to answer our question of the day, Alex. And the question of the day that we're going, we're going to change it up a little bit here and ask you guys for which of these topics you'd like to us to address in future episodes. Would you prefer us to address life insurance, college planning, or cash flow? Meaning, where do you want us? Where do you want to put your dollars? So, as I said, head over to beerandmoney.net, and at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to check in and let us know which of those three topics you would like us to talk about. If you got any value out of this episode, please go ahead and uh, rate us and leave a comment for us. We appreciate that. And we hope you have a good rest of your day. As always, Alex. Cheers.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or quantified financial partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a William subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412, CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2021-121-130, expiration 05-2023.